Two clouds tomorrow night, overnight low down to 33. On Friday, the high will only get up to 39, and there's a chance of both rain and snow showers. This is Radio Catskill. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Sullivan Renaissance, a community beautification initiative of the Gary Foundation, dedicated to empowering volunteers to build beautiful, active communities in Sullivan County for over 20 years. On Facebook, Instagram, and at SullivanRenaissance.org. Welcome to the local edition news and information. It's keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dole. Coming up tonight, here on a Wednesday, first Wednesday of the year, means we'll talk about jobs and the economy for the first time in 2023 with James B. Huntington. It's Work Shift Live coming up in the second half of the program. But first, it's time for the latest news as reported by the River Reporter. For that, we turn to River Reporter, reporter Leah Mayo, joining us live on the phone right now for the River Reporter Weekly News Roundup. Liam, welcome back to the program. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me back. We made it through to the new year, and you're already looking at some of the news that's going out there. Let's uh, let's start with taxes in Fallsburg. What's going on over there? Yeah, um, I believe this was announced just at the end of the last year, so we're still sort of in that transitionary phase. <laughs> yes. But um, so the Sullivan County Treasurer's Office is going to be collecting the Fallsburg County and Town property taxes in 2023. According to Fallsburg Town Supervisor Kathy Rappaport, uh, the retirement of the town's tax collector sort of led to the town approaching the county and asking to partner for the upcoming tax collection season. Um, so it's I, I don't think there's going to be too much of a change on the back end for people paying or on the front end, excuse me, for people paying their taxes. Uh, they will simply be sending those taxes to uh, the Sullivan County Treasurer, rather than a Fallsburg town tax collector. And I'm sure they'll get the word out for where exactly people should be sending their taxes because uh, the powers that be will want that money. Yes, they, they have been, I believe, spreading the word. Um, the Treasurer's office phone number, I believe, is... Um, Eight four five eight zero seven zero two zero zero. That's eight four five eight zero seven zero two zero zero. If people have any questions, but I believe they are sending information out to contact people about this. That's eight four five eight zero seven zero two zero zero. And this is a change in collecting the town of Fallsburg taxes. That's going to be collected by the county, but still go to Fallsburg town. Uh, you know, as you started telling that story, I remember that I did hear something about that uh, possibly last week. And I was curious how exactly that would happen. So thank you for letting us know that. Yeah, it's I mean, again, people will be paying the same taxes as they have before. It'll It's just a slightly different thing. Um, but one of the interesting things about this is this sort of shared services arrangement has happened in the county recently as well. Um, in other areas, uh, the town of Thompson has been, um, working to merge its, um, uh, certain of its services to, um, digitize their files, get them into the 21st century, 
um, and sort of cleared space in their building, I believe. And according to the 2019 press release, um, this is part of an overall uh, Sullivan County shared services plan, which outlines a a series of ways that um, municipalities in the county could share their services. It specifically mentions the electronic file storage that they chose to do with the town of Thompson, as well as the potential for shared tax collections. So this isn't a, or this could be, I guess, a one-off where uh, the town of Fallsburg is uh, choosing to partner with the county for this one instance, but it is something the county is talking about on a broader scale as well. So it's likely or possible that other municipalities could follow suit. Okay. So there's, there was more to the story than I realized. Um, looking on the Pennsylvania side of the river, this was, um, news that we knew was coming. We, we finally got the final word just before New Year's. Uh, and this is all about the Wayne County commissioners lost one of their commissioners because he was elected to the 139th, uh, 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 state representative in Pennsylvania. That was a commissioner. Joseph Adams moving out of that position, and we knew there would be a replacement. We weren't sure who it would be, and then just before the holiday, we heard that uh, the new Wayne County Commissioner will be James Shook. We'll be talking to Shook on an upcoming Wayne County check-in segment here on the local edition, but Liam, what can you tell us about the new commissioner and the new role for the departing commissioner, uh, Adams? Yeah, uh, so if you're going to be talking to him, I imagine he'll say a lot more about what his plans are as commissioner. Um, but I can just give you, I guess, a brief update into his background and how he came to the role. Um, the new commissioner, Shook, graduated from Wallen-Popak Area High School and has owned a couple of businesses in the area, um, owned or and or operated. Uh, first owned and operated the Wallen-Popak Lanes Bowling Alley and in 1999 took over the Lake Region IGA supermarket. Um, and... He has also given back to the community in a number of ways. Uh, he created the Community Doc Foundation, uh, funded privately and through annual fundraising events to help those in need. Uh, he served on the board of directors for the Chamber of the Northern Poconos. Um, and he said in sort of the press release that announced his um, ascension to the role of commissioner that he sees it as sort of an extension of service and as a new opportunity to serve the best interests of more residents. So it sounds like he has been doing a lot of work in the community already. And he does deeply, he's deeply invested in this community and sort of saw the open commissioner role as a chance to do more of the community building work he has already done. And I'm checking things here. Yeah, it'll be next Thursday, unless things go awry. We plan on talking to him on our Wayne County check-in segment. Now, how about uh, Joseph Adams going to uh, represent the area in the state, uh, 139th uh, district there in the Commonwealth? Uh, Any word on uh, him moving into that role? I assume that work would be starting this week. That's when a lot of new elected folks uh, tend to start. Yeah, I think everything is starting back up this week. Uh, he was scheduled to take the oath of office yesterday as the state representative for the 139th legislative district. And yeah, I, there aren't any bigger updates on that at this time, but I imagine we'll be hearing from him and his office soon about all the great things they're planning to do for the year. 
All right. And then finally, back to Sullivan County, I know, uh, and, and picking up on some uh, news left from last month, uh, Sullivan County Chamber of Commerce and Sullivan County Partnership for Economic Development held a panel discussion uh, with local health care leaders a couple of weeks ago. Um, and there's a new interim president and CEO for Garnet Health who was appointed uh well well so so what's what are these stories about do these two intersect yeah so they intersect with the person who has been named as the interim president and ceo uh jerry dunleavy was the vice president of operations for garnet health and the chief operating officer for garnet health medical center catskills um and he has been announced that he will serve as the interim president and ceo for garnet health and garnet health medical center so sort of moving up from the chief operating officer for the Catskills area branch up into the CEO for the entire medical center. Um, and he was Garnet Health's representative at the earlier um, panel discussion, which you mentioned, and he sort of was able to talk a little bit about Garnet Health's plans for uh, Sullivan County. He uh, emphasized uh, pretty heavily that uh, Garnet Health does have a future in Sullivan County. Um, he noted that he's met with the New York State Department of Health regarding an application for a 2.9 million bioaccess provider grant and said that that grant would stabilize operations at Garnet. And he also mentioned seeking a transformation grant to allow planning for a new hospital facility in Sullivan County. So sort of appearing at that panel, he, when he was still the chief operating officer for Catskill specifically, he was trying to, or he was saying things that cemented Garnet Health's future in Sullivan County and its commitment to Sullivan County. And now he is sort of, has been elevated to the uh, head of the entire organization, which I can imagine is only good things for Sullivan County, but that is personal speculation. That is not professional knowledge of any kind. Right. You know, I, I can't help but think, you know, the last time we spoke last week, kind of for our year in wrap up and in other year in review stories, a recurring theme was the struggles to provide health care uh, in our wider listening area in Sullivan County in particular and struggles that even, you know, um, these larger hospitals in our region are having to do that. Is this change up? Uh, is this, is there any indication this is a response to the difficult year that they had, at least insofar as we were able to see in the news? It's entirely possible. Um, I don't have any information one way or the other about, um, how long his interim position will be, um, about why there was a vacancy that he needed to step into, um, or about their broader plans. Um, I just know that he spoke sort of to try and calm people down about the year that they'd had, or about reports, admittedly, some of which we've given, about the issues that Garnet Health has had over the past year. So, so yeah, we don't know for um, sure if that's why he was hired, but that's part of what he's doing as soon as he steps into the position. So that that's a yeah. that's, that's an indicator there. And uh, you know, like people, organizations don't change up their CEOs unless they're trying to change other things up. So 
uh, you know, hopefully this is some kind of response to the, the difficulties they were having in, and I mean, we, we heard again and again of like the question of, are we going to lose this service? Are we going to lose that service? So uh, right out of the gate, trying to shore up people's concerns locally. That's, that's not just a good idea. It's kind of necessary at this point because, uh, I'm curious what's going to happen. And, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are. Absolutely. So, uh, new edition of the River Reporter comes out tomorrow. Liam, anything, uh, interesting in the paper? Yeah. Uh, we went, we had a pretty in-depth article, I believe front page article about the Wayne County tax assessments or reassessments. So if you're in Wayne County and you have not gotten your fill of information on that subject yet, uh, check out the new edition of the River Reporter. <laughs> That's, that'll be out tomorrow. All right, Liam, anything else you want to let folks know before we go? No, just I hope you have a wonderful start to the new year. Yeah, I hope you had a good uh, holiday weekend there too, Liam. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's time for the latest on jobs and the economy and more with uh, James B. Huntington. It's Work Shift Live. You are listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Set it off with your host, Clive Alvin Gates Third. Set it off. Saturday night at 7. Set it off. On Radio Catskill. Hey, it's Peter Sagal. Resolve to lose a few pounds this year? How about a few thousand? Donate your old car, truck, or RV. Drop a lot of unwanted weight from your garage and support public radio. We accept any vehicle, running or not, including cars, trucks, boats, RVs, motorcycles, and more. Donate at WJFFRadio.org. Well, here we are again. It's time for the latest on jobs and the economy around the country, around the world, around our listening area. And for that, we turn to James B. Huntington for another edition of WorkShift Live. Hello, James. Good evening, Jason. Good evening, listeners. All right, James, I've been looking forward to asking you this question all day since I uh, first read your notes earlier today. I want to know... Should people who started a side hustle keep it going even when inflation eases? Well, I mean, there's an article that came out quite recently from The Motley Fool, actually. And, of course, choosing to keep or start or get rid of a side hustle is a multifaceted personal decision. But once you get over that, there are a lot of advantages the hanging on to the thing. First, we do have uncertainty. We have higher living costs that most people's wage increases are not covering it. Having 
so an extra source of income like this can help you get extra money in your savings. It can preserve you your financial position to some extent if you get laid off if we do have the recession next year or the year after that or whatever it can be very helpful and it just gives you more breathing room to hang on to the thing if you absolutely can't stand it you could find a time to quit it or maybe get something else but in general if you can deal with it if you would get other benefits a lot of people get side hustles really for a setting they can control more often something they can probably enjoy more and if you find yourself there hang on to it it could be turn out to be very valuable under a number of negative things that could happen Right. You know, uh, that, that uncertainty, I'm glad you said that because that was the first, that's what I would have assumed that like, you still don't quite know what's going to happen. You know, of course it's, it's with any of these things, people got to make their own decisions too, because you know, why hold on to something if it's actually uh, a drain on other aspects of your life? You know, it's not just about the financial implications. It's going to, it's going to be different from hustle to hustle. Yes. And it's a personal kind of thing. Some people like different kinds of work from other kinds, other time sorts of people, but mm, you can choose really take that and see how well it's working for you personally, emotionally, with your scheduling and a lot of different things. But just because inflation drops to four or five percent, which I think it will do by year's end, does not mean you should automatically go to working only one job if the second thing works for you. Well, along those lines, too, it seems that uh, a recurring theme of what we've been talking about last couple of years from uh, people trying to work at home, people changing up hours, people changing their entire profession, uh, it seems that Americans are taking more and more control over their work lives, especially in recent years. And I was wondering if you're, if you're looking at that and, and what you're thinking. Yes. Well, the quick answer is they're taking more control because they have to. The time that people can expect to be with companies long-term is over, really. They can hope for it. They can think it's likely, but it's far from certain. So there is a lot more uncertainty going on. A lot of people are sort of putting together portfolios, a career portfolio, which may involve a string of temporary jobs or several side hustles maybe or different things that come through for what works for them. A lot of different possibilities, a lot of gig work going on and mm, there are a lot of advantages of this kind of thing. Of course, the biggest one is that if you lose your main job and you have several other things going, you'll be able to get on your feet quicker. It won't be as bad as losing your one source of income or your overwhelmingly largest source of income. They can These can involve part-time positions and Often they're contracting or consulting sorts of things also, maybe limited hours, less than full time. But if you can put 
together something here. Now, there are countries where people have done this for a long time. I think in particular of Iceland, where a lot of people work 60 hours a week during the dark half of the year, and the Bahamas, where people think that they have it made where they don't really have to work a regular job with someone, and yet they can still meet their needs. People in those two countries have long had three or four or five even money-gaining propositions. So they're not nearly as dependent on one company. And if a company does bad things, if you're, if one of them doesn't work out, it's easier to quit and then get something else for that piece when it's not your whole income. Would people? So, it, it seems like, and, and it seems like we start talking about this in contrast to, you know, what was a perceived norm, which is people sticking with a certain company for a long period of their career. Uh, is part of the reason that people are moving away from this because that it would seem to me, from the outside, anecdotally, that you know, there's less benefits, there's less uh, in terms of, of reliability of pensions and things like that uh, from from those types of jobs. If companies were doing more, would they be retaining workers more? Do you think? They could be. And one thing they are doing, or they are seeing the light on increasingly, although it's certainly not the norm, is that companies are realizing that people between the tight job market and inflation are really needing to be paid more in order to be hireable and to often to keep the jobs they have. So we're seeing record high raises. We're seeing more and more companies that are giving people 10% raises and such if they really want to keep them. Because wages have been going up about 5.5% average as compared to 7.1% inflation. So it's helping, but it was not really a good year as far as people getting more purchasing power for their labor and such. So Look for more. It's just like it's a something I see out there all the time is the companies that are willing to pay more and raise prices accordingly are doing a lot better than those that are just sort of waiting for wages to go back down again. A lot of them are going to end up out of business. And then uh, along these lines, you mentioned something called a quiet promotion. I feel like we've talked about this before, but I, I'm blanking on what that might what. What's a quiet promotion, and, and what's your take on it? Well, we have the, the quiet firing and... Yeah, the quiet firing, yes. The, yeah. the quiet <laughs> this is a quitting. little different. What they're, what they're calling a quiet promotion is people getting more and more work without being promoted or having their pay raised or oh. whatever. No. <laughs> now, this happens a lot. It anyway. does. Yeah. Things fluctuate around a lot in cubicle jobs where somebody leaves and the rest of the group has to pick up the workload. They go up and down, but this seems to be more extreme, and it's not working very well because the employees feel manipulated and they hurt morale when they're thinking these kinds of things, frustration, resentment, these 
these kind of things just come right back to bite the companies that are responsible for them. So be careful. I mean, if you're a, an employer here, I mean, I think employees can handle short-term jobs and such job increases, rather, or task increases, but not indefinitely. And if it comes around or somebody who has a solidly full workload is all of a sudden being asked to work half again as much on different things, then you have a problem that you should resolve through human resources channels, not dumping it on employees. Okay, and and that's, you know... Uh... It's good to have, I don't always like all these terms, but it's nice to have a term for something that you'd see going on. Like you say, you see a lot in kind of like cubicle style office working space. It's the sort of thing that I would see in like retail settings and middle, middle management a lot. People just keep giving more, getting more uh, duties, uh, but don't, don't actually get compensated. So it's, it's good to be able to say, oh, there's a name for that. Okay. Then now we can maybe at least talk about it. Yes. I don't know how long. A lot of these names will last, but yeah. it's another way. It's a way of putting a label on something, and I would say quiet promotions in the usage I'm seeing now are not just any work increase. They're large and permanent-seeming, indefinite-seeming increases, and that when it gets to be a problem, that gets to be a problem. Right. Okay, moving on from the workspace and employment now um, to other innovative areas uh, out there, electric cars. What do electric car owners need to be aware of? Other than I heard on NPR today they did a little report on how Tesla as a company is struggling, uh, but I don't know if that really affects the, the electric car owners. Well, it's struggling for, among other reasons, a backlash that's starting to happen and real disappointment among people owning electric cars. Just recently, the company was fined $2.2 million in South Korea, actually, for misleading consumers about what happens to the range of vehicles when the weather gets cold, people have been under an apprehension that it might be 10 or 20 percent or something, but there are Teslas out there. A lot of them can only go half as far when it is solid winter weather. It's, they have not been consistent about advertising that. People are discovering that. You combine that with a lack of chargers in some area and a lack of working charging stations in many others, and you have some real logistic problems when you are expecting that you could go 150 miles and it turns out it's in the teens that day and it's and all you can do is 75. That really could fox your plans. They talk about using a scheduled departure feature for software and stuff, but that's just another way in which the electric cars are being burdensome for their owners. You don't even have to think about that with a gas-powered car. It would be really freakish for a whole row of gas stations to be closed or out of gas or whatever. It's something people don't even figure in, and it's rare. 
unless you're really in some isolated territory for that to stop you. But it's looking a lot more common with electric cars. So overall, we've had a big boom this past year where electric car sales have doubled or tripled and some things, but there are indications coming in now, particularly over the last week, that that boom may be leveling off. We had sales figures disappointing, and that's a reason why Tesla stock has dropped 65% in the last year. So we have some issues, and it looks like they are going to resolve. Tesla is fair or not, is sort of at the front of the line, and they will probably need to resolve a lot of these things if they want sales to get further higher. All right. Well, James, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It's actually that time where we need to move on, but um, we'll do it all again next week. Talk about the latest in jobs and the economy around our listening area around the world. It's been Work Shift Live with James B. Huntington. Thank you so much, James. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, listeners. Okay, that's going to do it for the local edition tonight. Working Support comes from the Narrowsburg Union and Catskills Curated, presenting products of regional artists, artisans, makers, and craftsmen. Gift wrapping and shipping available on site. NarrowsburgUnion.com. Tavern on Main, a neighborhood bar and restaurant on Main Street in Jeffersonville, New York. Featuring local American fare, specialty cocktails, craft beers, and Sunday brunch. Menu and hours online at tavernonmainny.com. And from listeners like you who donate at WJFFradio.org. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Radio Catskill. On air, online, on your smartphone, and on your smart speaker. Public Radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. We are Radio Catskills, keeping you connected.